Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. For all the movie fans out there, the Big Picture Podcast now has its own dedicated Twitter feed, at The Big Pick. Not only will you find the best in Ringer film analysis and the news you need for award season, it's also the exclusive source for all the movie and video-related content you need, from A Star Is Born mashups to Sean Fennessy tweeting out GIFs. So make sure you follow at The Big Pick on Twitter. Hey, welcome back. This is Larry Wilmore. Welcome to Black on the Air. Missed you guys. Haven't talked to you in a while. I've been real busy cooking up some stuff over at my studios. Uh, A lot of TV shows I'm kind of developing right now. Got a lot of projects over there. Wilmore Films is the official name of my company. And I'm really excited about uh, many of them. Hope they all get a chance to see the light of day. A lot of different subjects, too. It's really a lot of fun. And working with some really cool people. So that's what I've been doing. I've been busy. But, you know, I love doing this podcast. And I love uh, interacting with everybody out there. Thank you so much, uh, by the way. All the feedback you guys give, whether you're tweeting or emailing, Facebook and <laughs> Instagram and DM and whatever you're doing. I really appreciate it. It means so much. I'm really looking forward to the next year. We have... Uh, a lot of good ideas for people we want to talk to. And always, hey, guys, please treat me or send me messages of people you want me to talk to, people you'd like me to interview. I would love to hear that from you. The interaction um, with people is so much fun. I, I, I have to tell you, the response I got for the Doris Kearns Goodwin interview was amazing. That was such a fun interview because it, there was nothing controversial about it. You know, it was it was just a breezy kind of interview about her passion, which is history and and uh, presidents and leaders and that kind of stuff. And I'm kind of nerdy about that kind of stuff. I, I like it too, you know. But as you know, there's a lot of subjects that I'm interested in, from magic to sports to politics to our culture, you know, to race, gender, all of these things. Many of the things I covered on the nightly show and many of my personal interests. So here's what I thought I'd do. Before the end of the year, and by the way, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year, all that stuff. You know, I hate on Kwanzaa. Sorry, Kwanzaa people. Can't give you that one. <laughs> I just like doing that, just to stick there. <laughs> we you always can, make you fun can of say Kwanzaa. It. I get yeah. to it. <laughs> uh, all that stuff. Um, wishing to everybody. But my boy, Tommy Alter, you guys. Hey, Tommy, what's up, man? What's up, man? Tommy's here in the studio. Just hang on with me today. We're just going to shoot the breeze on a few subjects. Um, maybe we'll go back through the year, talk about a couple of things, but we'll bring up some stuff that's happening now. <laughs> I'm not really prepared either, you know. I've just been so busy, but uh, it's fun to just hit these things. Uh, although there are a couple of things that are kind of sticking to my craw that I do want to talk about, you know, and just catch up and, you know, have some fun before we get... So where should we start? You want um, to moon? Gonna- the moon? I think we should. I want to talk about the Steph Curry thing, too. So as you guys know, Steph Curry, the superstar basketball player for the Golden State Warriors. By the way, he's one of these players that is transcendent because he's he's actually been instrumental in changing the way basketball is played. Yeah, top 10 player ever. Whenever a player does that, you have to to elevate them in terms of the history, right? Magic and Bird did that in the 80s. Um, Kareem kind of did it in college, actually, the way he played the game. He kind of... Changed it. Wilt did it in the pros, you know. Um, Jordan to did it to a certain extent, but I don't know if it was Jordan's impact was positive. I thought it was kind of negative because he he turned the game in kind of an ISO game, you know. Uh, but the Bulls had a great defense team too, you know. But what 
What Steph Curry's doing is amazing, and kids love him because he looks like the little kid on the court who's just yeah. bombing three pointers. Yeah, he makes it's, everybody think that they could be a professional yeah, player. Yeah, it's so exciting, you know. Um, so he's very exciting, and people respect him a lot. He's got this clean cut image, you know, with his kids and his wife and his brand and all that kind of stuff. He he pretty much stays out of controversy. I think he's he has said some. Anti-Trump stuff, but I mean, but that's not controversial. <laughs> no, anti-Trump stuff is not controversial. You know, there are some people who'll be mad at you, but for the most part, people agree. Yeah, they might not want you talking about it, but they probably do agree, right? So, so that's who Steph Curry is, right? His dad played pro ball. You know, he's 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 a very liked person. So Steph Curry is on a podcast that was a Ringer podcast, Ringer right? on the Ringer Network. Yeah, with Vince Carter and Kent Bazemore. And was Andrew was Andrew Iguodala in that too? Or no? Yes, yeah. It was it was Iguodala and Steph, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's called the podcast is called Winging It. It's a Wing new it. a new Ringer podcast. They're having fun. I think it was like their second episode. Having fun, shooting the shit on a lot of different things. You know, just it's kind of like just guys just talking anywhere. Yeah. Like you're going out and talking, and partly serious. You know, funny that type of stuff, and. It's, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, Steph just threw out there, uh, what do y'all think of the moon landing? <laughs> like, something like that. And they're like, nah, I don't think we went. You know? <laughs> and Steph was kind of being cagey. He didn't say anything. Say, right at the last minute, he said, yeah, I don't think so either. We're going to get in a lot of trouble. And then they went on to and the next thing. On. It's like, wait, keep, hold on a second. Keep, keep it moving. Yeah, now those guys saying it, nobody cared about. Yeah. But the fact that Steph Curry, the face of the NBA, became a big thing, said kind of intimated that he didn't think the moon landing happened, which, by the way, earlier in the year or last year, Kyrie Irving, another great basketball player, is part of the Flat Earth Society or something. But that's so far out there. Yeah. I mean, if you think the Earth is flat, there's no helping you at this point, you know. But he's also—but but one of the— one of the major differences between what Kyrie was doing and what Steph was doing is Kyrie— Push this thing multiple times mm-hmm. on different on different platforms and different mediums, and whether or not it was a it was a bit or not, it's still unclear. Flat Earth. The flat Earth thing. Do you think he really, he really believes w- that the Earth he, is flat? He really went for it. He really went for it. He do, you, do you think he really believes or believed at some point? Like, do you, Tommy? Alter? I will say, because Tommy, guys, here's what you know about Tommy. I've told you this before. You know. Tom, Tommy, he's hung out with a lot of these people in many different situations. So he gets to hear things that we don't necessarily hear sometimes, not locker room stuff, you know, but. I spent time with Kyrie, though, and I said, okay. I talked about this with him. I don't know. What did he say? I don't know. Uh, I don't know with him because he's just, he's a, he's a fascinating guy. And he's he, a little cagey. And he, and he holds his cards very close he to does. the vest. And yeah. he's the kind of person that even if you were not like good friends or anything like that, but really more like acquaintances. He's one of those people that like the bit would extend to me, you know? So he's someone that like, he will take it, he Mm -hmm. he will take it a long way. So he's not going to, he's not going to just say like, I'm going to say this thing one time and then drop it. I don't know. He's, I think he's a very smart guy. I mean, he's definitely a smart guy in the court and he's also, he he only went to Duke for a year, but he's just like I think that he's a, second he's a smart year. Kid. That second year of Duke feels very important to me right now. If you well, <laughs> became funny. part of the Flat Earth it's, Society, it's there was a thing with there was a thing. We did a podcast <laughs> mm-hmm. in London in January of this past year that right. JJ Redick hosted for the mm-hmm. Ringer, right? And Kyrie was on, and it was like like two a.m. in London, like after a game, and I was there, 
and Kyrie was talking about the flat earth thing mm-hmm. and JJ was talking about jokingly talking about how he doesn't believe in dinosaurs and yeah dinosaurs internet, is another thing that people and brought the, up and the internet just went fucking crazy and part of it was like they're both Duke guys it's like what is going on with Duke yes. it's supposed to be a good school but what I think what people have to understand and we can we can talk about this with Steph for sure is there's something kind of intoxicating about throwing the stuff out there and letting people chew it up. And yes, not- but it goes it goes deeper than that because let's get to the Steph thing because a lot of people, the flat earth to me is just so far out there, it's not even worth deconstructing as yeah. far as I'm concerned, you know. Um, it's not even a common conspiracy theory. It, it's not worth taking seriously yeah. in, from any standpoint, yeah. right? Like that's not even a conspiracy theory. You're just it's just you, a wrong. It's just a. It's an inaccurate statement. I don't even know what to tell you. Yeah, you know. So that's like saying the sun doesn't exist. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, just, you could say it. It's just you're no, just making stuff up. Yeah, right? there's, there's, it's not based on anything. Yeah, right, right, right. So, but moon landing is an event, right? Uh, an event that actually did happen. But for some reason, Steph is not alone here, you guys. This is why I think this is interesting. Some, a lot of people have doubts about this and think that it didn't happen. And their doubts are rooted somewhere in they don't trust the government. This is where it is. Yeah, They think they don't trust the government. The government is somehow lying to us. They're not telling us the whole truth. I talked to some other people, people who I really respect, some friends of mine. I brought this up in my joking way, and they were kind of silent. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> like, when they were silent, I'm like, no, you don't believe that. And they go, well, I mean— there, there are some doubts. I'm like, no, there cannot be any doubts. I talked to Bill. Remember Bill Simmons? Had Bill both, has a ton of these. He things. had five percent. Yeah. He said, "Well, I'm leaving five percent." I was like, "No, Bill, five. You no. There's no five percent you can leave out here. Yeah. It's impossible." And so I, you know, I was so frustrated thinking about this. And when Steph thought it, I'm thinking, why are people holding out this possibility that it didn't happen? Some people are, are thinking, well. I'm not really sure if it happened. And some people are like, no, this definitely did not don't you happen. Think that the, but don't you think human beings by nature are are contrarian? And, no, when, there's so, def- and when there's something this like more this, than that. when there's something like this, this like, moon landing thing is more than you know, contrarian. We talked, about, we talked about this with Bill and you guys talked about this on the pod. Like there's, there's sort of two different types of conspiracy theories. There's conspiracy theories, like the ones that like Alex Jones mm-hmm. preaches, which are like actively harmful and at times evil where you say like, Sandy Hook was fake or whatever. Like, yeah, those things are like dangerous. that, which are just like dangerous right. and personally harmful. And then there are conspiracy right. theories like this, which— But there's also Holocaust-denying conspiracy yeah. theories, which are also dangerous. Yeah, and there's conspiracy theories like this where, it's, where you're not saying like definitively— Those are agenda-based based on whatever it is. But this this is not agenda-based, which is why it's fascinating to me. It's, it's this cultural thing that is in the air where— and I don't, and I think maybe it's rooted in a distrust of government. I have no idea, but I think there's also, I believe, a generational narcissism here. By generational narcissism, here it's where go. you don't believe something could have happened before you, you saw it. Yeah, that is more is a bigger thing that is happening right now. Yeah. You know, there's definitely could, generational narcissism. That's a, yes, that is a to me that is a thing which 100. percent I think it's I think that's at the root of it. Where I think how could they? We're not doing that shit now. How could they do it in your day, Larry? Yeah. You know, you didn't have iPhones back then. How could you go to the moon? Yeah, and I'm like, 
Nigga, we were splitting the atom in the 30s. Don't give me that. How could we go to the moon? That's because we didn't have Instagram. That's so the people, atom people, was being split more time in the actually, 30s. People actually had yes. more time to do things that yes. mattered. And not You're just spending so much themselves. time taking pictures of your food now. Exactly. When you could be figuring out an equation of propulsion, you know, how to get from one place to people the other. You don't even know what an atom is anymore. No. <laughs> they, yes, exactly. You know, so... There, there are extraordinary things that have happened before this generation. Okay, yes. everything is not dependent on you know. I think that that I think that's valid. I just in, in this particular case, in Steph, we should say Steph has since come out and said that he was joking. Bullshit! I I don't believe that because here's what he said. He didn't just say it like that. He said, "Yeah, I didn't say anything for a while because I wanted to see how it played out." Motherfucker, you thought you really think this? Don't try to trick us right now. I don't, nobody I said don't, nobody says I don't that. You think this? Nobody, no, no, Tommy. Nobody puts out. Nobody puts out an apology, not an apology, but an explanation like that. All you do is saying, "Come on, guys." Obviously, I believe in that. You know, I went along with it because of this. He didn't even say that. He he went the other way. He said, "Well, I didn't say anything for a while. I wanted to see what how people were going to react." What are you talking about? That doesn't even make sense. And he never really broke it down. And then NASA called him out and said, hey, Steph, what, or JP, I'm not sure. Yeah, it might I think have been he's, going to, he's going to go visit NASA. Yeah, why don't you come by and we'll actually show you, you know, some evidence and all that. He says, I would love to educate myself more, which is also another tell, yeah. you know, that he really doesn't know, you know. And you know my my equation for conspiracy theories. I think I've shared this before on my podcast. I'll share it with people again. People that believe in conspiracy theories, here's what they want. They demand evidence for the obvious, but they want you to swallow the preposterous. That's what they want. They're going to demand evidence for the obvious for you for the thing that actually happened, but then you have to swallow the preposterous. So the evidence for the obvious is that obviously we did go to the moon. There are even artifacts from the moon. There's forensic evidence of this, of yeah. moon rocks and dust and all these things from the moon. You can look in a telescope and see the objects left on the moon, Okay. But they are very critical of all this and demand it. Here's the preposterous. I'm supposed to believe on a soundstage somewhere that, they made, that, <laughs> that they this made was this. fabricated. Yeah. And that they convinced hundreds of scientists to go along with this. Scientists that, that have no agenda to be tricking yeah. people. So all of Mission Control in Houston was sitting there pretending that they were talking to Armstrong on the moon. Yeah, the and the, and they're all in on this hoax. And, then, and it never came out. Yes, in, that's in the preposterous years. that I'm supposed to swallow. The funny thing about the soundstage know, thing. But they need all this evidence the that funny, is right the there. The funny thing about the soundstage thing is um, uh, Damien Chazelle, the really good young director who made sure. the movie First Man that First came Man. out earlier this year right now, about right? Neil Armstrong. Mm-hmm. He was doing an interview somewhere um, when the movie came out and he basically said, and he was speaking just from like a filmmaker's perspective, right. just talking about like what film was like in, in 1969. Right. He was like, it would have been harder. And he was being a little bit, he was being a little bit uh, right. facetious, but it, like it would have been harder to fake this thing with the film than actually just go to the moon and actually just like the, the yes. technology was not there that right. allows them to People say, what about 2001? This? Stanley Kubrick, that film looked amazing. Yeah, it was a film. It was a film. And it was, and it was <laughs> yeah. not what it was not what was shown on, on how many people watch it? 150 million TVs or but whatever also, it was? There's so many, so many reasons to not do that. We were in a race to the moon with the Soviets at the time. Yeah. And the Cold War was no joke. It yeah. was no joke, you know. And the United States, the amount of prestige we had to lose if we tried to fake something. 
Because, by the way, you can verify an object moving through space. I don't know if people realize yeah. that, but even Galileo, also, can, once you, even Galileo can see planets in a telescope. Once you get caught to, faking something, the credibility you're done. is— You're done. You're done. You're done. You're done. You think we could actually fake the tracking of an object to the moon and the Soviets wouldn't be able to pick that up? They would be the first to say, how come we can't find this object that you're tracking? Yeah. You know, we have no evidence of this. Yeah. They would have been the first to call us out on faking been, they it. They would have done it 20 minutes afterwards. It would have been a— And we didn't just go once. We went multiple times. Yeah. People think—I guess people think maybe we just went once and we faked this and everything. And then they look at the movie Capricorn 1, you know, and— and use that as evidence. O.J. Simpson was in that movie. You're gonna, you believe O.J. Simpson? <laughs> you believe O.J. Simpson <laughs> yes, when it comes to to moon landings, but you don't believe when it comes to other things. <laughs> speaking, so speaking of conspiracy theories, uh, speaking of conspiracy theories, we have a noted conspiracy theorist in the White House, somebody who pushes conspiracy theories on a daily basis. Probably the, you could argue the most, uh, the highest profile conspiracy theorist ever. Um. He's been in. He's been busy over the last couple of days, as always. What's your? What did you? Did you see his things about SNL this weekend? Yeah, Trump. You know, let let me just say this about Trump. Where I am right now with Trump first, because Trump has done something that I have to give him credit for. Um, at first, I was observing him as this kind of. Uh, well, he he still is a narcissistic sociopath. I still believe that, and his lying was kind of this expression of his id where he just believes these things that he lies and, you know, lying for political expediency, which, you know, most politicians do. And I said, well, he does it in a way which I've never seen before. You know, he does it like he's breathing. But I have to give him credit where he's elevated lying to a whole new level now. It, he's elevated lying to an art form. He's, you know, he's, he's he, exceptional he has, at it. He has rendered truth almost irrelevant yeah. at this point, you know. And he has rendered the the he has rendered fact checking irrelevant. Yeah. It's irrelevant now. It's almost a nuisance at this point, you know. I mean, he the he lies so much, like he's past even lying, and now he's just into fantasy arguments. But so this is my this is a this is my question is mm-hmm. I that's it, I completely agree. And one of the things that's happened is like not only does he do this, but everybody yes. around him, his kids do it. Rudy Giuliani. His, Giuliani his does lawyer it. it uh, participates in fantasy illogical arguments. But what's happening, what's happening, which has been, and and I, we can get back to the SNL thing, but like one of the things which has been really interesting with the Mueller investigation and mm-hmm. the SDNY investigation with specifically with Manafort, Paul Manafort and right. Michael Cohen is these guys were also like that where they would lie, like Manafort would yeah. lie about basic things. He wouldn't even Always. lie about just like yeah. Things that were criminal would be like, sure. were you at this restaurant? He said no, right. and then they would have evidence of being at the restaurant. But they're getting they're getting nailed for it, and right. so there's a, it's like there's a there's finally a thing that is kind of bringing the yes. It's like when the case is not tried in the media or tried in like on Twitter, but it's tried right. in a place where there's a there's like an independent arbitrator who just says no, you were at that restaurant. Right. We have evidence of it. Sorry, you're lying. Here's an extra. Year and a half to your sentence. Yeah. Like, do you think that's going to that's that is going to come back to bite him in the ass? Just all of this no, lying all the time. No, that's what's extraordinary because the Trump has lied so much. Like the opposite of lying used to be telling the truth, but Trump lies and then lies against his own lies and then counter lies against that. 
Yeah. Where the opposite of his lying is almost his non-existence. You well, know? he also he doesn't even know what the truth is. <laughs> no, it's so buried under yeah. like the third level of the lie, you know, yeah. which is which is amazing to me. Like it's hard to go back to trace anything backwards or to know even where he started. Like good luck finding the starting point. Yeah. Like it's hard to prove he's lying because you don't know what the starting point is. Well, that's is the anymore. thing which is tricky with the collusion. The collusion, the whole collusion case is sort of rests a little bit on the idea that I always like, thought it was bullshit anyway. But it it, right. it it just depends on your definition of collusion because like it's becoming clear there was some sort of collusion, but I also don't think there's ever going to be like a smoking gun. I mean, there's definitely going to be smoking gun where Trump actually admits it, but I don't even think he's capable of admitting it because he doesn't even know what he does. He lives he lives such a kind of like look, what's in front of me? What's in front of me? I my take is based off of what's the best thing for me at this moment. Yeah, I don't. I I I've said this before. I believe I've said in this podcast. I don't believe Trump colluded with the Russians to win the election. I people give him a lot of credit for being smarter than I think he actually is doing that. I don't think he actually did that personally. I think um, he probably wanted to collude with Russia to build a. Trump Moscow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, becoming, but, it's becoming increasingly clear that he was. I mean, he's not yeah, even really denying it. But I don't think anymore. Trump expected yeah. to win the election. You know, yeah. um, I think he did what he wanted to do. I think on election night, he was done. He was all ready to go home. You yeah. know, he disrupted the whole process. Well, but, in fact, the Republican Party was ready to be in a tatters after oh, that election. It was going to be. Because he fucking, de- remember, he just, he destroyed that party that summer. Remember but, how even Paul Ryan was saying, was, had jumped off that train and everything, and you know the night that Trump won, he turned tail. But don't you think the mm-hmm. don't you think the the issue is not whether he actually look whether he in summer of twenty sixteen was actually was actively colluding or that whether there was collusion happening mm-hmm. with whether it was his son or Manafort, his campaign manager, whoever it is, and he knew about it and then they lied about it and covered it up. It's like Watergate. You know, it's not that it's not that necessarily Nixon knew what time they were breaking into Watergate or anything like that. But once he knew that it was happening and they covered it up, that became the problem. I don't, and so to your but to your point about the lying is like he doesn't even know that he's covering it up because he's just a he's a he's incapable of of looking at things in a truthful way. I don't believe that Trump had any contact with Moscow about the presidential election. I just don't believe that, you know, that and had any dealings with them about controlling the election. I just don't think that happened personally. But um, did um, Roger Stone know that WikiLeaks was going to dump files? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, but did the Trump campaign have any coordination with Moscow in their hacking of Facebook or whatever? I don't think so. What did you, what do you think about the Cohen, the recent Cohen stuff? The Cohen stuff is, what's interesting about it to me is Mm -hmm. there's no, there's no oh, but person. let me let me go back to this Trump thing for a second. This this thing, the thing is, Trump is a terrible, horrible person and horrible liar. But it doesn't mean that he did that act. Yeah. Also, what also happened is we know that the Russians are interfering, but that's not the same as collusion. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of things are getting conflated in this. So I don't think that there's ever going to be any type of evidence that there was any collusion about trying to win the election between Donald Trump. And Putin or Russians or whatever. I just don't think that's there. I mean, if I'm wrong, we'll see, but I don't think so. And I never have believed that was there. But so does that matter? Does what matter? Does that matter whether or not whether or not they actually colluded? Because with, with the cases that they're building. Well, what right is now, the objective? What are people think about the end game? What are people trying to do? What people really want is for Trump to leave office. Yes. 
you know, you can indict all these people but, in the Trump organization for campaign finance laws or whatever, but that doesn't mean Trump's but, going But what's anywhere. happening, what's happening with both with Mueller, but then also more importantly with the state of New York, because he can't fire the state of New York, mm-hmm. is they're building these cases that actually really have nothing to do with Russia, right. but they're about all of these other laws that they've broken for years and years and years. Sure. They're basically going back into their businesses right. and realizing that these guys are that these guys have been sort of like continuously breaking the law. It's got nothing to do with being president. Nothing to do with being president, right. but it's all it's all a squeeze, you know. So like with with Cohen, for example. Yeah, but a squeeze for what? It's a squeeze to try to. I don't think it's going to work, but hopefully to try to get him out. I don't, of office. I don't believe that there's some smoking gun out there that is waiting to be released by somebody. I just but, don't think. But what do you mean? Like, there might not be a smoking gun about Russia, but there right. certainly could be That's a smoking gun about want. other about other things. If that he, has to do with the presidency. With him, no, but with him blatantly breaking the law. He he's broken the law since he's been living, almost. You know, <laughs> but what does that have to do with the presidency? Him getting impeached. I so I don't think he's going to get impeached. Like I, right. So I here's he, the point, Tommy. Here's here's my point. Even if you found Trump guilty of some illegal thing, which I'm sure he's guilty of many illegal things. It's not going to affect him until he leaves office. Till, but till but he's that, done president. But that doesn't. But so th- this doesn't. Whether or not it like the the reality of him actually getting impeached and convicted by the Senate is basically impossible because you need sixty votes. And right, right now there's fifty four Republicans. So it's, Even it's, an impeachment doesn't mean he leaves office. It's impossible. It's about. It's not. It's not going to happen. President Clinton was but, impeached and his numbers went up. Of course, of course. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that these things aren't hurting him. Because the more the more of these things, I just like, told like, you it so, didn't hurt. No, but so it like, didn't hurt President so Clinton. like here's a hypothetical: what happens if what happens if Donald Trump Jr. goes to jail, which could easily happen. That could happen in the next two months. Or not go to jail, but get indicted. You don't think that's going to have any effect on him? The president was accused of raping women before I he was that, elected. So this is where this <laughs> I mean, is where we did. He was accused of raping about, women. Talk, Why do you think his son going to, about, to jail is going to affect him? We're talking about twenty twenty later, but like this is where this is where we disagree in that like there is based n- on what? But there's, there's what evidence there's has not, there been? Tommy, let me ask you a question. There is no evidence to suggest that any negative thing in Trump's orbit brings him down. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that anymore. Okay, show me the evidence. I don't agree with that anymore. Show me the evidence. I think the evidence is what happened in November, November 6th. That has nothing to do with Trump. Does it not? No, it he's not? not on the ballot. Does it not? Do you not Do you not think that there's— Shall I give you an example? Sure. Same th- it happened to Obama, I think, in bigger numbers in, in 2010. In 2010, it did. The numbers were bigger. Who got, who got elected in 2012? He did. Thank but you. But a lot of things happened in between Thank 2010 and 2012. Not much. His approval rating definitely went up. Economy, his, the economy his, didn't go. His approval went up. I think, I think out here in LA, a perfect example of where Trump and all you have to do is like look at his actual approval numbers. Real numbers are like in the toilet. It's like 32 percent right now, mm-hmm. which is which is just not good by any uh, by any objective measure. Right. But like, look at what happened in LA. Look at like the seven the seven congressional races in Orange County, all Republican <laughs> districts. Right, Orange County been a Republican stronghold. California voted for Hillary for you, but not Orange County. So Orange County voted for Trump. They didn't vote for him this time because they're they're sick of his shit. Like he's just they, they this stuff all adds up. The California voted for Hillary. Yes, but not how's those that counties. Affect, but not those counties. Not Orange County. But how's that going to affect anything? What I'm saying is that's a, that's a metaphor. That's more people that's that are going to vote for the, for that's the a Democrats. Metaphor for the, it's a metaphor for the larger problems. 
Maybe, maybe not. But I don't. I think it's hard to look at that snapshot. I think, I think it, it, the Democrats are really going to have to work to find somebody who can get people behind them and go against Trump because there's so much Kool Aid drinking on that side. It's extraordinary. On what side? On the Democrat side? No, on the Trump side. Oh yeah. Of all these people that have, I agree. His base is—they're never going to change. But it's bigger than the base too. There's a lot of people who don't deconstruct all these little things all the time that we have time to think about and just look at simple things like, you know, the economy. Well, and they look at the the image of he has as fighting these people who, well, so you know, I have another question want to bring him down and all this you. stuff. You know? Right now, right now, they had this. Look, I'm not, wait, let me say this. I'm not saying it's a guarantee Trump is going to get elected. I'm saying a lot of these things are distraction that have nothing to do with getting rid of Trump because he's not going to go. And that's how I feel about the Mueller investigation. I think a lot of people have high hopes for the Mueller investigation that somehow it's going to get Trump out of there for 2020. And I say, nope, as George Bush is saying, not going to do it. <laughs> it's not going to do it. But, this, but Good I luck. But anyone who, anyone who, actually, Good thinks, luck. Anyone who actually thinks it's going to get him from office is just ignorant of that's how that process works. I think, with, I think what people are hoping is that it it creates a it creates like a vacuum around him where everyone else besides him goes down, you know, and then it becomes like okay, yeah, you can you do still it, got but him, you're, but you're but are you going to really run? We'll for- see. We'll see what happens in this next year. I think where Trump is vulnerable because I've always said it's the economy. I mean, remember it's the economy, stupid. Yeah, but I think where he's vulnerable are all these irresponsible um, trade decisions. You know, that could have a real effect on the economy long term, you know, and we might feel the price of that before this election. To me, that's the biggest vulnerable spot as far as I'm concerned. I don't think it's immigration um, because that was an issue before the first election. Yeah. It's not like he's changed his mind. He still feels the same way on that. So it's not going to be the wall because he's not even going to get the wall. But do you feel so? And and we're going to bring this back this time next year, December 2019. Yeah. Do you feel that? Should we talk about the Democrats? We should talk about the Democrats in a second. Mm-hmm. But my question is, so right now, all of these, he, we talked about his approval rating. We talked about the base. It, we talked about election about held today, Trump wins. That's what I say. I disagree. Who beats him? So we can go through them. I think, <laughs> I think, I think at this point, almost every Democratic candidate that has been thrown about would beat him. Based on? Based off of the fact that they're not him. I think that I, I think that the I think the one thing I think one thing we're realizing you you are underestimating the power of the incumbent and not to not to not to relitigate not to relitigate mm-hmm. 2016 because no one needs us to do that and it's been done a gazillion times. Right. I think one of the things that's become increasingly clear with all the postmortems and everything like right. that is the Democrats found a way to nominate somebody who was as uniquely unpopular in their own way as Trump is, and most, if not all. Candidates who are not that, a Clinton, but you are say, not. They're just they're just not one of them. Tommy, you know, and so, and so what I'm talking, saying is like one Tommy, of us could get nominated. And I think she beat him. got millions more votes than he did. So even though you say that, she still got more votes than he did. Yeah, but she didn't get she didn't get more votes in the states that mattered. Yeah, but she still got more votes. So when you say she's wildly unpopular, well, this wildly unpopular person outvoted him. That's fine, but I think that like <laughs> right? I think that whoever the next person is will also get w- way more votes than him, and they will mm-hmm. also get them in states that matter. So we can go through like who do you think the Democratic well, but who people, should they, who should they nominate? 
I don't think there's a clear person right now. It's who, so if you were advising Well, them, let's go would... through the names, and we'll say what we think about each person. Yeah. How about that? What do you think about Joe Biden? Do you think he actually has a chance to be a frontrunner for the Democratic Party, to be the, the face of the party? I think he's too old at this point. And I think, um, even though Obama won twice, I think the connection with that is not as good as somebody who is just a clean person for the future. Yeah. Well, you so know. so the couple things with Biden— they, and, and I'm just—when I say that, I'm thinking about people in the middle. Yeah. You know, thinking about the independents, the, the swing voters. Wouldn't So the argument, I guess, for Biden would be sort of twofold. It would be he he's tied to Obama's legacy. He's obviously really, still incredibly still popular with— People aren't settled on what that legacy is, Yeah, I think. but with, with liberals and progressive—with certain progressives, People like popular. him personally, but people yeah. really don't have an opinion about his— presidential legacy. Yeah. I don't think those conversations have, have even been, have started, been, really. Have been done yet. Like, because we're still trying to figure out what's going to happen with Obamacare. But this is my, this is know? my question. This is my question on Biden. And I think it's a positive for him is the thing, the, the group, the demographic he's always played the best with is white working class men in the middle of the country. It's like, the, it's like he was, he's going to take the, those he's from, from Trump. He's from Pennsylvania. He's a Senator from Delaware. Mm-hmm. I saw it. I, I was at an event that he did in Indiana where he was rallying for uh, Joe Donnelly, who lost. And mm-hmm. obviously, he didn't put him over the top. But, like, the people there, like, love him. This is, like, working well, class Well, but he's Indiana. not running for anything. Hillary was most loved when she wasn't running. But, no, but— She was most loved when she was secretary of state. I don't think you can compare the two of them. Hillary never— I mean, you, she think, never you think Biden's a legitimate candidate for the presidency in 2020? Yes, I think that he. I think that if he were to declare that he was running right now, I think he would probably be the front runner. I don't think that he would necessarily win. What does he run on? I think he runs on basically. He's not gonna. He's not. He won't serve two terms. So he said, "I'm gonna bring us back to what we had before this guy, and then we'll bring in a young person after the fact." So I think what he would do would be to take one. And we'll get to some of these names, but he'll take one of the younger, sort of more green Democrats who's more exciting. And ha- pick them as his running mate and basically groom them and say, I'm going to do this for one term, get the country back on track, and then you're sort of voting for that person to be my successor. That has never really worked, so I don't think, necessarily think that that's like an effective strategy. I like but I think, that's, I think that's the overall goal because okay. he's too old to do two I terms. say so far that that's not a winner. Next. Okay. Next. Uh, <laughs> I don't see that as a winner of beating Trump. Elizabeth Warren. Hey, guys, I'm just going to do one. Uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren. She's already pulled herself out, I think, right? No, I mean, she hasn't. She's going to run. But I think she has no chance. But. I don't think people feel the same way about her that they did before. Well, um, do, what did you, we didn't talk about it on the show. What did you think about her stunt? About I thought the, that was ridiculous where she's uh, took a DNA test or something in 23andMe or something like that? It was, what was so crazy about it... She should have just gone on Henry Louis Gates' PBS show. <laughs> Go on the show. Man, he could have... <laughs> Bad publicist. He, he could have shown her who her own is. And then she could have enjoyed what it. What was crazy about it was... Yeah, it was you, had, a, you had one Native American 300 years it was, ago. It was such a self-inflicted wound. It was like It a, was ridiculous. It was like she a classic... She took the Trump bait. Yeah, it was a, she took the bait. I didn't like when Obama showed his birth certificate that time when Trump was doing all the yeah, birth stuff. But he's so I good I didn't at, think Obama should have done so that. He's so good at getting this out of people he baits he, people he's so good at getting these out of people and yeah, and 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 it's like you have to understand these people no matter what that test said they're still not going to believe you but it was it was such a ridiculous thing it was to ridiculous do. And she had that, and she had it that, was ridiculous and she had that video and it was just it was, was like unnecessary a, so you think she's done 
Oh, completely. So she's done. So I don't can, think she I has. Think we, you think, you think, I, I wanna, think people have moved on. We need like a board. You can just cross her I off. I think people have moved on from Elizabeth Warren. I don't think she has a group of people that are who would be excited about her. Like in other, like Bernie Sanders. If you look at Bernie, even though I think by by the next cycle, people will have moved on from Bernie, I don't think they've moved on for the same well, reason. Well, so let's do Bernie now. Because Bernie's Bernie's a person still, we both know pretty well. Bernie loves you. Bernie's great. I mean, Bernie is a man who has the courage of his convictions. You know, he was not afraid of being labeled a socialist, you know, and what those name implies. People have looked at, at that as a bad word for whatever reasons. Um, I don't know if he gave complete prescriptions for some of his ideas, like, you know, the free college and some of that stuff. But I think the his reasoning behind it, he was very passionate about. It. And I grew up in a time when when state college in California was free, you know? So I know a lot of that stuff is possible, given the right uh, things of what you want to do. I don't know if Bernie has the ability to uh, get enough of a constituency behind him. And I'll tell you a very simple reason. I think if he wants to, he needs to change that I to a D. Yeah, that's that's for sure. I, mean, I think he does. Already, that should have already happened. I think I think you got to do that. Do you if if you want to be the leader of the Democratic Party, I thought this the last time too. That I really got to be a D. Don't you think he's too old? I think so at this point. You know, he's like at a certain point. At a certain point, like one of the other lessons from from three weeks ago or I don't a month ago, whatever it was, uh, is a lot of the most successful Democrats were first time Democrats running mm-hmm. who were. Early 30s, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez mm-hmm. is 28, 29, or whatever right. it is. They're like they're tapping into the right. to the youth and the energy, and and the mm-hmm. youth vote the youth voting numbers, which are normally horrible in midterms, were actually like right. pretty good, and they and they were not as good as they probably should have been, but they were way better than they've been in recent history. Mm-hmm. And so that's there's a question a of, of like there's a lot of great youthful energy. I mean, that, in and this is sort of a, a more macro mm-hmm. question of the whole field is like should the Democrats and this is why this would rule out Biden and it would rule out Bernie and it would right. probably you, rule out Warren. Like, do you want someone who's over a certain age? Is that going to hurt the cause? Well, it's not even so much age. You said something earlier that I feel like is not the way to go when you said Biden will kind of remind people what was there before, you know, or something yeah. like that. You know, I don't. I don't think those young people are voting for that, you know, when they're with the energy behind some of these young people. I think they're voting more for a way forward. Yeah. You know, and some of that doesn't comport with what the Democratic Party necessarily is on their platform right now. I mean, all the struggle that Nancy Pelosi had talked to her a couple months ago about being the leader of the party, and she's had pushback within her own party about that leadership position. I think she had to agree to just do it for four years or something, you know, at the most. You know, and who— who has to agree to that? But that's the struggle that they're having between the past and, and the future. Not even the past and the present, but the past and the future. You yeah. Know? So we'll see how that plays out. Like, I know you like Beto O'Rourke, you know, yeah, we're gonna get- as, as a candidate who lost to Ted Cruz, you know. And he kind of probably represents some of that future for people, probably because there's not much painted on him. Was he in Congress or anything? Or So Beto was a congressman from El Paso. So he uh, served in Congress. He was in Congress. He's for how now long? for two or three terms. Okay. He was there for he was there for a, he was there for a bit. Okay. Uh, he's leaving now because so he's had he congressional. Experience. He basically had to leave to run for Senate. Well, he didn't have to. He just did. No, he did because he, he was he was gone. <laughs> like he missed all the votes right. and everything. So yeah, he had that was to be. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, yeah, he wasn't. Right. He was not held no, at he gunpoint. Wasn't, he didn't have <laughs> he was to. Like forced to do it, right. but he decided he was going to leave to run for Senate, and so Correct. now he's going to be leaving. But mm-hmm. he has, he does have elected experience, and I think people sort of don't realize it. They kind of treat him like he's like a like a shop clerk or something that decided yeah. to run, and he's like he <laughs> yes. was in Washington, like he's not a guy that. <laughs> yes. And so the thing with him, and the question with him is, is he has, he obviously has sort of like they're trying to make him into a white Obama, and he's like. and he has this national enthusiasm mm-hmm. behind him. And he's kind of Does he have national enthusiasm? Well, so this is this is his biggest his biggest draw right now. Mm-hmm. And the reason why people are giving him a kind of a fighter's chance at right. this thing is he broke all of these uh small donor fundraising records from all over the country. So not just in Texas. Yeah. So he didn't take any money from outside well, PACs or anything. Like that. That yeah. But he but he was it's the numbers that he the amount of money that he raised mm-hmm. uh was completely unprecedented. And so there's an argument that like... Do you think that was more anti-Cruz sentiment though? Ted Cruz sentiment? Not really, because I don't think that... I mean, Cruz is obviously sort of like a loathsome guy. (laughs) But Cruz has run before and people just sort of didn't get involved. There wasn't a... You don't think it's significant that he lost to one of the most hated people in politics, Ted Cruz, and people think that he can be a, a person to beat... And uh, I don't, I don't even it, more divisive figure in Donald Trump. I don't think it's significant because I think that I think that everybody who knew like the way that Texas was, mm-hmm. the way that Texas is as a state politically, if you just know the even going down to the specific counties, like it was always the longest of long shots. It's very red state. And I so, agree. like a perfect example, it's like, that, you lost to Ted Cruz, you should run for president. But like, look at it this way. <laughs> look at it this way. There was a governor's race uh-huh. the same on November sixth, the same day, and the and the and the Democratic or the Republican governor was reelected by thirty points. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same voters, so it's the sure. same. So clearly, and and Beto lost by two. And so I think I think people were waiting to election. If he had lost by like nine or ten or something like that, and he just gotten kind of like. Really Do you think beaten? he can get the nomination for president of the Democratic Party? Yes. He can beat Joe Biden, and who else does he have to beat out? I think he could beat, he could beat well, Bernie. So, Do see, you think Bernie's going to run again? I hope not. I don't think he I is. I hope not. I really hope not. I think that he, I think that, I think that he, what he when he ran in 2016, it was a, there were definitely some negatives about it, but it was basically a good I th- thing. I think he did better than he thought he was going to do. Yeah. I think it surprised him in the beginning how how uh, much excitement there was for his campaign. Yeah, the reason right. I don't want him to run again is because I just think that I think that the his his kind of base of supporters are they're so it's almost like the Trump base in a way where they're mm-hmm. like they're so impassioned behind him yeah. that everyone else is is kind of like, and there was a big article about this in the New York Times today that we were just talking about, like they were, they treated Hillary just like Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, Hillary to them, they were the same. So, th- right. so they basically, they a lot of them sat out the election mm-hmm. because they were they were so sure that if it's not Bernie, it won't be anybody. Right, and Hillary didn't have what Obama had because Hillary was a unicorn, this first woman who might be president, right? Yeah. And many times unicorns get, younger, you know, get unicorns to vote for them. Yeah. But with women, you know, it's not just women who want to see the first woman. You also have Republican women who yeah. don't want to see a Democrat. Yeah. So it's kind of split. Whereas with Obama, he's the black unicorn, 
black people are mostly in the Democratic Party. He was able yeah. to get so many black people. Well, the, the one thing so with, so much the of that one thing vote. With Obama, you know? So the unicorn is, didn't work as well for Hillary as it did for Obama. The one thing with sense. Obama, which is like so fascinating, and it's just a little bit of a aside, but I and I, I still don't think that like there's like really an explanation for it. You might have a you might have a sense on it. Is when you like look at the county by county breakdowns mm-hmm. politically. So like take a random county in mm-hmm. Indiana, for example. Yeah. Like a county. 98% white, mm-hmm. voted overwhelmingly for Trump, voted mm-hmm. overwhelmingly for Joe, uh, the guy running against Joe Donnelly, mm-hmm. whatever his name is, Braun, like all straight Republican. Mm-hmm. And Obama won a bunch of these places. And right. it's places that like, it's why it's it's dumb for a lot of reasons when like, like liberals sort of like sit up and just like blanket say like mm-hmm. Trump voters are racist or whatever it is. Because it's right. like, how do you explain that? You know, you it's a... Well, you have to look at, at the time. Um, at the time, there to me, there are two factors. The economy was in a free fall. Okay, the the banks were failing at that time. In two thousand and eight. Yes, there yeah. wasn't a lot of confidence in the Republican Party as a party. Yeah, I remember Bush and Cheney didn't even go to the conventions that year. <laughs> like yeah. they were nowhere to and be McCain seen. It's almost like they McCain, high, like they hightailed it out. out of yes, and McCain like suspended his campaign. Like it was he a, suspended his campaign. Also, he picked Sarah Palin. Yeah, which a lot of people weren't that excited about. The other side of it is Obama is a was a transcendent orator, very likable person. Yeah, he has so much power as an orator and a political figure. We hadn't seen that in a while. You know that type of person, that likability, I think, really goes a long way. Yeah, I've talked about this. I always think the most likable person wins. Yeah, like you could go back really far and you think, oh, who's the most likable person? Guess what? That person won. <laughs> you yeah, know? it almost always works. Yeah. You know. Uh, there's been close calls, but you know, pretty much the, it almost always works. The other know. thing, the other thing, and this I think is an advantage for. But a lot of what I'm saying, a lot of Obama was timing, I believe, yeah. and he was the that speech he made in 2004 actually was very unifying for both sides. You know, yeah. he seemed like more of a centrist candidate at that point, which a lot of people liked, and he hadn't had enough votes where there was enough to blame him for anything or ascribe to him. So sometimes a blank slate has a better chance, like your boy Beto. Yeah. He might have a better chance as more of a blank slate than somebody like Biden who's been around for but too I was, long. So I was going to say the other thing with somebody like Beto, and Beto, by the way, is not the only person that this applies to. I think mm-hmm. it applies to a lot of the younger, sort of like up-and-coming, more energetic do, candidates. Do you think Kamala Harris has a chance? Well, so I want to I want to get to her and Booker mm-hmm. after this. But there's a one, th- one thing I was going to say was, uh, the one thing I was going to say, what Obama did sort of famously in 2008 when he was running was he went to every town in Iowa. Mm-hmm. He just was like a workhorse. Like he yes. was just, he went everywhere. And and so Beto did that in Texas too. And so I yeah. think I think there's an element with like some of these places where they kind of, they wouldn't, they never would have voted for somebody that looked like or his name yes. was Barack Obama if he didn't go there to actually when see When he them. shakes your hand and he gives you that smile, yeah. you go, oh my God, like, that, guy, okay, like that this- guy seems so nice. Yeah. I'll give you an example. My dad, who uh, growing up, I think he was more liberal now. He's like, well, I shouldn't I shouldn't tell him my dad. <laughs> but let's just say he's changed. He's changed. He's changed. But I love my dad dearly. I won't tell him. But uh, I remember he... Uh, he did not back Ronald Reagan. Let's say that back in the day. But he told me a story when he met Reagan. My father was a probation officer when he was younger. He went back to school and became a doctor. It's a great story when he was in his 40s. But when he was younger, he was a probation officer, worked for the L.A. County Sheriff's, you know, which is why I talk about my dad was in law enforcement. You know, I'm very familiar with that world. So 
once Reagan was running for governor, this is in the 60s, he came by, shook hands, and said hi to everybody. My father still remembers how charming he was and everything. Yeah. You know, but, but that didn't translate to him voting for him at the time. But it made an impression on him. Reagan was one of those people like Obama. Yeah. Where if he shook your hand and He's that's— He's like a transcendent political yeah, talent. Yeah, and that smile, I've won over—that's how he— a lot of those blue dog Democrats, they called, that voted for Reagan. It was his charm that won a lot of those people over. And the yeah. timing, you know, with Carter and what happened with the economy and everything. Yeah. Do you think—so do you think that that if we sort of put them in the same boat, mm-hmm. Kamala Harris or Cory Booker have a chance? I don't think Cory Booker has a snowball, snowball's <laughs> chance in hell. I, <laughs> sorry, Cory. Cory Booker. Everybody just—everyone is just— I just don't think so. I— I don't know what has happened in the last like year and a half, but like there's he's a thing like, called he, thirsty. He's just the biggest punching bag for he's everybody. He's just a now. little thirsty. <laughs> Cory Booker. No one thinks he has. I almost kind of want. He should be called I thirsty wa- Booker. I almost want to bet on him just because it's like I'll get amazing odds. Like everyone is saying, no. everyone is completely writing it no. off. No, I don't think so either. I don't think he has either. But no. still, it's a. I like Corey. I don't want to talk down on him, but you know, I think you you got to calm down, Corey. You're just too thirsty for me. Um, what about and, Kamala? Um, I don't know enough about Kamala Harris. I don't, I've only seen her in certain situations. I know people like her, but I don't know if she's been tested. In we, we kind of have to view her in debates and see her campaigning to get a better idea of it. Yeah, because I, you couldn't tell about Obama until he got out there and was doing it. Yeah, like a lot of blacks were supporting Hillary back. When Obama first was running, it, they yeah. didn't really support Obama until after those debates in Iowa. And when he won Iowa, black people were like, oh, shit. Oh, this guy's actually this got brother it. Might yeah. win. <laughs> Sorry, Hillary. Yeah. And remember, that's when Bill Clinton got mad and said, this is such a big fairy tale. Because <laughs> all the brothers were jumping off the ship. <laughs> it's tough. It is tough with the, in the Senate to get any sense of like what it's any of these people know. will be like. It's tough to know. Um, but I think... I think, you know, she's obviously seems like a a person with a keen political sense to, I mean, to get elected to the Senate is no small feat. Yeah. You know, um, but we'll see. I don't know what kind of leadership qualities she has. What about, what about somebody? That, that's what I don't know about her. About, what that's what worries me about Cory Booker is, like, even Beto shows more leadership abilities to me than Cory Booker. Yeah. Cory Booker seems more, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just blah. He's just blah. He's not he's not inspiring any enthusiasm. What about like a dark horse like Bloomberg or somebody like that? A lot of people like Mike Bloomberg. Um he's not my type of candidate. Um but Or is there another person that But we're I not think he would about? affect more of the he seems to me more of a candidate to split the Republicans than having to do with Democrats. Yeah. That's what it seems like to me. Like the way Perot Ross Perot ran against George H.W. Bush. Do you think Bush. that there's a chance, that people have been talking about like somebody like John Kasich mm-hmm. running as a third party yeah. to try to take away, pilfer away votes from Trump? I don't think that's going to happen. I would be surprised if it happened. I, I honestly think that the Republican Party that cares about conservatism, you know, the kind of your anti-Trumpers, I... I think they are weakly gasping right now. And it's they're in a tough spot. They are, you know, but when I look at the weekly standard going away and Bill Cristo, who's the, the head of that, and you know, weekly standard and some of those uh papers, I used to read a lot. I'm one of those people that even if I disagree with you, if something is well presented, I like to read it and hear someone's argument and that type of thing. And by the way, you know, there's a lot of 
conservative ideas that I've always I've always liked. You know, I'm, I don't think we need big government for big government's sake. I think we need smart government. You yeah, know? government that works well is to me is what we need. So I'm not either, I'm not big government or small government. I'm in a smart government. Yeah, and both sides have good ideas about that, and both sides have bad ideas about it. You know. Um, but to see the weekly standard not only go away, but to be derided by the president of the United States, the leader of the party of that paper, that's crazy. Yeah. And for everybody on that side to pile on Bill Crystal and the weekly standard did a lot to present a lot of those actual voices, you know, and give them a platform by which they can be presented in a nice, fair, yeah. fairly way, you know. Don't you think that there's an element— I mean, it's crazy when you think what about I, that. Don't you think part of this is— like there's a little karma at play for some of these some of these places though because they they've propped up this kind of basically the Trumpism. Are you saying they, they're getting eaten by the monster? They yes, they've this Trumpism, and it's like yeah. Fox News is the same way. It's like they have created this going back for the last 25 years. They've created this monster by like I, I running that, this anti this sort I, of I honest, racist anti-immigrant rhetoric over and over and over again until finally people just become the thing that I feel like I put that more on Fox News. Than um, on like a weekly standard type of thing, yeah. You know, um, because uh, the kind of uh, baiting that Fox News has done for ratings and all that stuff, you know. I mean, look at the difference between Tucker Carlson and Bill O'Reilly. It's like seems worlds different, you In know. What I mean, way? Tucker. Well, Tucker Carlson says something Bill O'Reilly would never say, where he actually um, said about immigration, talking about poor people and how it's made America dirtier. Bill O'Reilly would never say something like that. We could say what we want about Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> he did a lot of things but, I disagree with. But Tucker, he, would, he would never say Tucker that. The Tucker Carlson thing and is, the fact that, is wild. That Tucker Carlson would say dirtier. It's like, go fuck yourself. What are yeah. you talking about? What do you mean dirtier? That only means one thing, you know? Yeah. Like, to them, white people don't make things dirtier. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's, you, that's the, just nasty. The Tucker Carlson thing is wild, though, because, like, he was, you look, just look at his history. Like, he got his start at a place. Very respectable. He got a start at a place like the Weekly Center. I don't think it was the Weekly Center, but it was somewhere mm -hmm. similar. And then he did that show, Crossfire. That John Stewart single-handedly ruined. <laughs> yes, thank <laughs> you, John. Ruined. He did. And man. then they tried was, to bring and him then back. He was too. gone for a while, and then yeah. he did a show on MSNBC where right. he was kind of liberal. Yeah. And it was, and the show didn't really work. But he right. was basically just like, and yeah. now he's gone and reinvented himself as this just sort of like white supremacist, preppy white supremacist guy. Do we really need diversity? I mean, yeah, do we? Yeah, and and it's just does diversity really help us? It's, really? it's so depressing. You know. It's so depressing, but it's also fascinating in a way because you're just like, if if someone is cynical enough that they that like you can do this and be successful if you if you have if you don't have any it's shame. It's just the worst of the worst. Yeah. Um you know. I mean, it's just bad. It's just really bad. So do uh, you feel But I think I think that's the energy to me, that's the energy that promoted Trump. More than what was being written in the Weekly Standard. Yeah. You know? Do you feel overall that that uh, like not saying there may have been articles in it, but that's not the energy that's that's into Trump because a lot of those people are anti-Trump. Do you feel overall that the climate has look at our last show of 2018? Do you feel overall the climate has improved at all this year, or it's it's is it the still, political climate? Yeah, or is it still no. spiraling downward? It's still pretty bad because 
you the president never tries to get things back to calmness, you know. Yeah. He you know, he keeps lighting those fires he's, because he's, he's coming into work now at like noon. He's so, which is amazing. I know. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> I love when it's people tweet, amazing. the president has not arrived at work yet. It's he's amazing. so thin skinned. Have you seen the reports of uh, how, like, how often he even reads the presidential briefing? It's hardly ever. And he, they have to put his name in it in certain paragraphs so he'll keep reading it. I mean, who is this infant running the country? It's terrible. It's a. It's just. It, Tell me, it's really horrible. Can we talk about the the Pence Schumer? Oh, Pelosi? that was hilarious. The, okay, the, so everybody, so you saw when Pelosi and Schumer, where Trump brings them in to supposedly have this transparent conversation, and Pence is like like weekend at Bernie's. He's just sitting there just, on the, oh, the on memes the chair. About it, the memes about it. Were the memes amazing. are hilarious. It was like he was he was just he was in a in like the twilight zone. Like he said, "What am I doing in the room with these people?" Just, that is somebody who has not said. What he actually thinks since he talked about not going to dinner without his wife. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's you have a, no idea what that man actually thinks. His program yes, says to shut the fuck to, up yeah, and not say anything. And Just don't it. piss off the president. Just don't yeah. piss off the president. It's mm-hmm. a, it was amazing. It was weird. It, it was, was great. I love how Trump is so. He's. <laughs> He's so not prepared for how politics is actually vote. He was so played by Pelosi and Schumer. It was hilarious. It's like, Trump, this is not your game. You don't understand this game. You're being played right yeah, now. This is not. And then and then he, I was watching it just clapping the whole time. And then you know? he blames everyone else. Yeah. Because he's never he'll never blame himself ever. Right. So it's like like, yeah, you didn't prep for the meeting or like re- understand what yeah. they were going for or anything like that. But then he blames John Kelly. He blames one of his other advisors or something like that. And it just is a it's bad. <sighs> Sorry, guys. The president is stupid. Sorry. All right. So let's wrap up. One last thing. Quick thoughts on Kevin Hart and the Oscars. Who should host the Oscars? Oh, well, that whole thing. Actually, you know, we should take time to talk about that at some point. But um, that whole thing was a debacle with Kevin Hart and tweets and going over language. We're just in this place where... <sighs> No, I from what I saw, like Kevin Hart apparently apologized for these jokes that he made years ago, and people wanted him to apologize again, and now he's not doing it. And there's so many different sides to this. He could have just apologized the way that he actually ended up doing. It's just a mess, you know. But um, I think there's a lot of fun people who could host the Oscars. My pick are Nick Kroll and John Mulaney. They did the Indie Spirit Awards. They're just really funny, and they could deconstruct all of this. And help us to laugh at I think some of the nonsense of some of these some of these issues that are going on. Yep. You know. Absolutely. Is my opinion on it. But um all right. We covered a few things, right? Yeah. We've got a few things in there. Um all right, everybody. Um looking forward to two thousand nineteen already. Yeah. Um, hope everyone has a happy new year. Merry Christmas. Um happy crumble. All those things. Eat some food. Don't worry about dieting. You got time. No, forget that. No yeah. diet. Get fat the next couple of weeks. <laughs> and um, I will speak to you guys soon. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks for having me. All right.